Carolyn Valley. And I'm Kate Valley. And this is Friday Night at Blockbuster. I believe this is episode seven, if I'm correct. Yeah, we're kind of recording them a little out we're, of order. We're recording so. them a little out of order because we wanted to save one closer to the date that it's actually coming out. But yeah, this should be this should be episode seven. So, uh, Kate, any any regrets so far? Or oh, know, so many. Yeah. Well, it's too late. So, uh, we have planned out a couple episodes uh beyond this one we we sort of under we know where we're we're headed a little bit one of the things that we wanted to do which i think we should probably introduce tonight so at least you know we can we can get the ball rolling on it and you know it might it might take me some time to watch what i'm going to need to watch but we had this idea for a movie swap and uh, what I, I guess what we can say is, so far, the movies that we've selected to talk about have more or less been, like, mutually agreed upon. Like, we sort of sat down and we sort of said, well, we need to talk about a Christopher Nolan movie, so let's talk about, you know, Memento, because that was his first one, or his first one in America, and, you know, it's at the beginning of the decade, all that sort of stuff. And then it was, well, we need to talk about a Tarantino, and we sort of went back and forth on a couple ideas there, and... And then, you know, from there, we sort of started to fill out a bit of a schedule in terms of like, okay, well, if we're, if we're going to talk about this type of movie one week, we should talk about this type of movie the next. And a bit of like, this is kind of almost more my pick of a movie and this is a yeah, more you. Yeah, like, we, there, yeah, there, there been... definitely, yeah, there's, there's been a few where it's like you wanted to take the lead on one. And so it was like, okay, well, then like, what movie do you really want to talk about? And we'll, we'll, we'll go from there. The movie swap idea is a no holds barred i am giving you a movie you are giving me a movie they don't need to be related in any way nope they they don't need to be you know nothing like the the there could be nothing here like so this could this is purely what movie do i want you to watch and what movie do you want me to watch and we will eventually do an episode where we talk about both both movies together and uh, the only criteria is that it needs to be from this decade. That's it. Yeah. And I think if people haven't figured it out yet, me and you are at the very opposite ends of movie styles that we tend to enjoy and movie criteria. Well, <laughs> so any, anyone who's still with us should know that from last week's <laughs> Chicago episode where Kate came out and was like five out of five and I... <laughs> Took a one-hour rant about how much I hated that movie. <laughs> Did the movie so, go down at all after us talking about it? Because from your first watch, I think it was a three. Your second watch, then it went to a two. I was curious if it would go down to like a one star after talking about it so much. No, no, no. Because no, I don't. Okay, I say that I hate. I don't hate it. It just doesn't. It just. Uh, we don't need to rehash this. <laughs> but it just didn't do what I like musicals to do. Now that I'm starting to learn how to love musicals. Okay. Um. The, like the one star rating is for for truly like you know I actually am like angry at the people who made this okay. type of movie so yeah I don't think it'll ever get there but yeah I can't say that I'm rushing out to go see <laughs> Chicago again but uh with the movie swap I think you tried to find something that I have not watched from this decade and like there are definitely there's more than enough options but it was how tricky was it to find something that you had watched and liked that I had not seen? Well, I think we looked at our letterboxes and I think I had seen about 200 in the 2000s, which like respectable number. That's, that's good. That's 20 a year. Yeah. Respectable. Yeah. Kieran though had seen something like 800. Yeah. That's a bit more. That's just <laughs> so... a, that's a tiny, a smidgen <laughs> just more. Just a tad. So yeah, it proved to be a bit of a challenge, but I did find... At least two that you had never seen and one that you didn't just rank or you didn't score on Letterboxd. Okay, so what, what do you got from, what are you thinking? What am I going to have to spend two hours of my time with watching? So I was thinking possibly Freedom Writers with Hilary Swank. I don't even know if I've ever heard of that movie. <laughs> to be honest, I don't even know if I've ever heard of it. I was thinking maybe Mona Lisa Smile. Uh, with Julia Roberts and I, I've definitely I've definitely seen that movie. I remember nothing. Yeah, so those are two of my favorites. They're five out of fives for me. I could watch them easily once a year on my own, just being like, I feel like watching this today. But the one I'm giving you 
is the young Victoria. Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. Because I mean, if people don't know me at all, you guys will quickly learn. The saying is you're a clo- closet royalist. Me and my mom are not. We are royalist no, you're, fans. You're out and loud and proud. <laughs> yeah. We watch the weddings. We watch the coronation that will be coming up in kind of a couple months now. Um, we were up and we watched the funeral. We Anything royal related, we are there 5 a.m. in our PJs watching. So, yeah, you have the young Victoria now to watch. This is with <laughs> Emily Blunt, though, right? Yes. Okay, well, I do like her. Yeah. I do like Emily Blunt. Can't say I'm enthused about this, but, you know, God damn it, I need to come up with better ideas. This was, the movie swap was my idea, and now I'm it's already regretting butt. it. Yeah, like already regretting it, and I haven't even watched the movie yet. Um, well, I guess the, the only logical response here is to fight fire with fire. So, um, the movies that I was thinking of, and, I, that, like, I guess I kind of had a type here. I didn't want to go pure horror because i was like well kate just won't watch it so like that's not gonna be fun so there was a couple things i was like circling around um blade 2 have you ever seen have you ever heard of blade or watched blade let alone blade 2 the sequel um i've heard of it i've never seen the first one so definitely have not seen the second one well okay so this is this is a guillermo del toro movie okay and I still would argue that this is his best movie, is Blade, is the sequel. He didn't do the first one. Oh. He only came on and did the second one. Interesting. Um, and I love it. I think it's so great. Uh, Blade is a vampire hunter who is also half vampire himself. So it's it's very good. Oh, okay. It's very good. The other one that I was kind of thinking of was American Psycho. Have you? What about that? Have you heard of American Psycho? I've heard of it, never seen it. Okay. Well, that's a Christian Bale one. I think we'll probably just end up talking about this movie. Doing it? Okay. Eventually. Um, it's very good. We'll, we'll have to we'll have to discuss. I did think about Panic Room by David Fincher, another movie that may just have to organically come up because David Fincher didn't really do that many movies in this decade. And you are a Fincher. I'm a Fincher guy. A Fincher lover. I'm a Fincher guy <laughs> for sure. Uh, this movie, though, is about a home invasion of a mother and daughter so i was sort of like eh, yeah i think when you were telling me possible <laughs> movies i nixed that one real quick yeah because like, i'm in this house by myself sometimes so i was like I, I don't know if i want to give this one to her just yet so uh we might get there eventually but but not not yet but the movie that i did land on and maybe this is because uh glass onion is kind of still in my head a little bit maybe this is because the the search for the next James Bond is like heating up in a big big way, but uh, the movie Layer Cake is stars Daniel Craig and is like widely considered the movie that got him the James Bond gig to be in. So this was the movie where like people saw him as this kind of suave action. character, like a little bit of action, but yeah, suave character. And like the producers of the James Bond series, like, oh, we want that guy. And so you've never seen this? No, never seen it. Okay. Don't even know if I actually heard about it until five minutes ago when we were kind of when we were kind of talking about talking it. about yeah. it and being like, have you heard about this movie? What about like just kind of feeling each other out a little bit? Well, I think I think I'll give this one to you. I think I'll give you layer cake. What's I know that I watched a lot of Guy Ritchie movies growing up, but like, did you sort of like accidentally watch some with me? Like, I don't even remember, but. Yes. So I kind of tagged, tagged along. Um, You would put them on and I think I would just kind of sit there and. We only had one TV. Yeah. I would just kind of sit there and watch them. But then I also enjoyed that I would go to school and we would, me and my friends sometimes would be like, oh, what'd you watch this weekend? And they would be like, whatever the latest Disney was or whatever. And I'd be like, well. I watched Fuck yeah. this. Fuck yeah, I watched Snatch <laughs> with my brother. Yeah, absolutely. And, and my friends always just looked at me being like, what? Like, who's Kate, this? What? What's Kate, this? Kate's rocking up being like, I watched Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. And everyone's so, like, like, oh, did you see the Pixar movie? Yeah. Yeah. So that was always kind of my fun thing that I would do every once in a while. But I haven't followed his a lot. So he did Sherlock though as he well, the, right? He did the two Sherlock movies. Or at least the first one. I think he did at least the first one. I can't honestly remember the second one now. But um, yeah, he's kind of moved into like the Disney world at this point. Like he just did Aladdin 
and I think he's doing another one oh. coming out in a year or two. But Layer Cake is, he didn't do Layer Cake, but Layer Cake was directed by Matthew Vaughn. We don't need to get too, too much of this now because you're getting Layer Cake. We'll talk about it in a couple weeks. But it's like, um, I think you'll notice that the styles are very, very similar. Okay. Matthew Vaughn and Guy Ritchie are like really good friends, like longtime friends. And so the style is quite similar. So okay. I think if, if you enjoyed those early Guy Ritchie movies, there's something for you there in Layer Cake. So Lovely. Um, I'm excited to see it. Yeah. We will. Uh, so that, that'll that be, um, I think. We're in a couple weeks. And do that in a couple weeks. I think Yeah. Um, if this is episode seven, which I think we both think it is. Um, I think th- I think we'll probably weeks, yeah. yeah I think we'll probably do the the movie swap for like week ten that gives us a couple weeks to yeah. track these things down and, and watch them so uh, yeah that's the movie swap so now you know what's co- at least that week what's coming up so if you want to watch along and then come back and listen to me rip Young Victoria and listen to Kate think Larry Cake's a big load of shit then. You know, can we not that option. can we not tear young Victoria apart? It's like There's a love. Literally zero promises. <laughs> uh, if you and Mum are the big royalists in the family, I am very not a royalist. So, sitting down and watching what I can only assume is a very romantic look at Victoria's life. Uh, yeah, can't can't say I'm enthused, but you know, this was my idea, so I'll I'll stick with it. For this week, though, we are going back to Friday, May tenth. 2002 and uh this is a movie that we both genuinely love i was just about to say if me and kieran don't agree on a lot of things we do agree on this movie we definitely agree on this movie kate let's introduce the movie what are we here to talk about and give a plot description for anyone who hasn't seen it so we are talking about oceans 11 the start of the oceans franchise but we're only focusing really on we're only doing 11 we're only doing 11 today um so we're probably coming back to do 12 and 13 though because god i love those movies i just watched all three of them in a 24-hour period so uh so oceans 11 follows george clooney playing danny ocean who basically gets a group of 10 other guys together all major celebrities of the time let me check that math there so danny ocean is one and 10 other guys yeah okay that's a lot okay okay we're good um and they all come together to rob Andy Garcia, who plays Terry Benedict. Yeah. So Terry Benedict's character owns a casino or three, three casinos, casinos in three Vegas. Casinos. Three you casinos. Want, you want to rob one casino? Three, three. casinos? Sorry, it's not a, vid- a visual medium. I just held up three fingers <laughs> like George Clooney. But yes, it's three casinos. So they choose, they want to rob... Terry Benedict's casinos and so the whole movie just follows them and how they go about trying to rob from him first question first thing I think we need to talk about is this just the coolest movie ever made it like I watched it earlier in the week and actually stopped taking notes because I just wanted to enjoy it I was sitting there just watching for pure enjoyment and then realized, oh, we're going to be talking about this. I should probably watch it again and actually make some notes <laughs> and kind of who's who and characters and things that they say. But it's just such a smart, smart heist movie. And, like, I just love it. I think there are there are definitely cases that can be made for, like, other movies where you're sort of like, wow, this is such a, like, a slick style or, you know whatever camera movements are going on, like, oh, this is this is really awesome. This is really visually, you know, compelling. I don't think any of those movies have as much fun as Ocean's Eleven does. And, like, you can clearly tell from, like, the opening seconds that all of the actors involved are just having the greatest time ever. And Steven Soderbergh is just like, fuck it, let's just, you know, yeah, let's just do this. And then we'll just make it work. And everyone's like, okay, great. And like, you can just, you can tell it's just like radiates off the screen, how much fun everybody's having. And so then like you're saying, like you just get so wrapped up in how entertaining this movie is that you're just like, God damn, this is such a good time. And like I said, it's it being smart. So like certain details that appear then come back again in five minutes, 20 minutes, half an hour. And you're just like, oh, that was... there earlier and like it's just like you don't want to take your eyes off of it because if you do you'll miss a small detail and you won't be lost later but you don't get to then appreciate 
how smart it is. Do you have a favorite introduction? Like you're saying, we get we get more than eleven characters, but we get eleven guys on this team. Do you have a favorite introduction? My favorite is probably Rusty's. Okay, well, just we'll hold on Rusty's for a second because I had like I agree, Rusty's introduction with the celebrity card game yeah. is so great and tells you so much about his character. I had like. PTSD flashbacks of trying to explain and teach you how to play poker when I was watching this scene again because I still don't really know how to play they were just (laughs) doing things like a blue yeah and then he'd be like that's 50 and somebody else is like that's only pocket change and he's just like what the fuck and I was sitting there being like yeah I've had all of these conversations with Kate when I tried to explain how to play poker to her but I think I did really well I think well, like the problem with you is that you didn't know how to play. So like it was impossible to read you because you're just like, I don't know if she's bluffing because I don't know. I don't even know if she understands what bluffing is. So, nope. And I think I just kept every once in a while, if I remember correctly, the pot would be whatever color was yeah. the lowest. Yeah. And I'd be like, mm, that looks boring. Let's put it in red. Yeah. And you'd be like, okay, that's a hundred. And that's I was like, like the yeah. highest. That's the highest chip in the game. And so then it was like, well, I, I genuinely don't know how to play this now and yeah like i just had like the worst flashbacks of all that stuff i think yeah rusty brad pitt is rusty his introduction is great i fucking love the malloy twins introduction and this part the part that i specifically love is scott con's laugh after he runs over the toy truck because i just like (laughs) nobody's ever laughed like that before but it's so great I will say it's that introduction I think is Chris's favorite as well when we were watching it and all of a sudden if people don't remember it a pickup truck appears and you're like oh cool and then it pans back slowly and a big pickup truck and you realize that as Kira's just said there's a toy and then an actual one and Chris just sat there and started laughing because he's like this is just great and I think the introductions do a good job at setting up the characters like oh yeah the way that they are in their intro is the way that they are in the movie yeah um but you also get to see that yes i think really quickly you know it's going to be a heist oh yeah pretty quick right yeah yeah, and then they yes so they introduce that there's going to be a heist and then they introduce their subsequent team yeah so you know it's going to be serious because they're going to try and steal stuff but then you get all the comedy of all of these interactions or all these introductions. And it just, oh, like, can't say enough good things about this movie. Well, I think it's just, like, it's so light on its feet. Like, even even in the introductions where it's, like, not an out-and-out joke, like, the Malloy twins introduction is clearly, like, two or three jokes. Just to show that, like, these two guys are kind of bumbling idiots. But, you know, they are good at what they do, yeah. apparently. You know what I mean? Sort of thing. Whereas, like, the introduction to Matt Damon is not necessarily funny, but it's just, it's shot and edited so slickly that you're still just like, God, this is just great. This is just great. Like, I'm having the best time and we're only 20 minutes into this movie. Yeah. (laughs) So that's my, like, our favorite introductions. Do you have a favorite character, though? Or no? Um, like, I think Rusty is pretty fucking great. Especially, like... He gets more to do in 12. Um, I just love that Brad Pitt has food in every scene and he's eating food in every single scene. Um, So I found out doing, I always go on to IMDb and look at the trivia afterwards to kind of see what, what was happening during the movie. It was because they filmed so much and for so long, he just got hungry. They just like sometimes didn't get breaks. So he would just bring food onto set and then he's like, yeah, this is my like character trait now. I'm just gonna be eating all the time. Like, that's, but that's and this is why I love Steven Soderbergh because he probably saw that and then like immediate light bulb in his head, being like, "This is great." Yeah, like, why not? We're throwing this in here because, it, and we'll get like increasingly more and more like elaborate foods. Like sometimes he's just eating like you know a little sandwich or something, and then at one point he's eating like a uh, a shrimp cocktail. Yeah, and you're just like, "What? Like, why has this guy got a shrimp cocktail?" But, you know, he just does. And it's just like, oh, it's, it's fantastic. He's also got, I don't know if you see it in 12 or 13, but I imagine it's like a huge tattoo going up his arm. 
But you, yes. but you only ever see it stick out of his sleeve. Sleeve, yeah. And so you're just sort of like, why is that there? But but again, it's like, who cares? Why not? Who cares? Why not? Yes, he's got a huge tattoo that you never see. Yeah. So my favorite character changes every time I watch it. It's somebody new. So okay. So who was it this time then? This time it was probably the brothers. Okay. I, the I, they are the Malloy twins, aren't they? Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah? And like look nothing. Yeah. Like. But yeah, no, it's them this time because I just kind of forget how much they end up having to do. They are the grunts yeah. of yeah. the team. Everybody else kind of has one job and that's their job. These guys just run between everybody and do everything. Well, I, I do love that like because they're the, the, the two like gophers and they've got to do everything and, and all this sort of stuff like they have the most interaction with the casino staff. They have the most interaction with Terry Benedict. Really, they have the most interaction with all of these different people associated with the casinos. But because they're so like invisible and unimportant, like nobody actually yeah. notices them. And, like they're there all the time. They're in almost all the scenes. They're right there, but nobody notices them. Nobody gives a shit. And I, I think they're, I think they're fantastic. And I think going through, we won't talk about. 12 and 13 as much because we'll leave those for i assume actual episodes but like their greatness only grows in the other movies oh yeah (laughs) like oh yeah i just love how much they hate each other yes (laughs) like that is so great it is so great i gotta ask with heist movies do you like i love a good heist movie same okay so what is it about the heist movie that you love so much I think I try and figure it out. So I try and figure out how are they going to pull it off. And inevitably I always get it wrong or I get parts of it but not the whole thing. But I just love seeing how their minds work. Even though I know it's all scripted and not true and all that, you're totally in the moment thinking it is. And when there's a slight hiccup in the plan, okay, well, what's plan B and plan C to make our end goal. So yeah, just I to go off of that because I think that's one of the things that I love about it as well is, and I the one specific part about that that I love, and I think Ocean's Eleven does it better or just as good as sort of any other movie I've ever seen, is like the impossible setup. It's like this is what we're going to do, and this is why it's completely impossible. And so in Ocean's Eleven, when they run through like, you know, we got to get into the back rooms that have all the security go- codes and we got to get down the elevator that nobody has access to and we have got to do get past know, two more guards past two more guards and then we got to get into the vault that rivals missile silos and we got to do all this and then somebody's like and we can't be seen by any cameras i'm like oh yeah all the cameras i'm sitting there being like this is fantastic like give me so much more of this because you just know that like Yes, they're setting all this stuff up because they will eventually beat all of these obstacles. But it is like that is the magic of it for me where it's sort of like you've told me that this is impossible and now we're going to show you how it's actually possible. Yeah. And I just I love that so, so much. And I think, yeah, Ocean's Eleven, I think for, for my money, does that just about as good as anybody, if not like the best in terms that I've ever seen it. So, yeah, I think the... The whole conversation at Saul's when they're going through all of the, like the everyone in the room sort of has an idea of like, okay, well, what if we, well, you know, what if we tunnel? And oh, they're all yeah. just like, no, no, tunneling doesn't work. Tunneling doesn't work. The part that I always laugh at is when uh, the amazing Yen says his thing and he says it in Chinese, I assume. Yeah. Um, and no, and there's no subtitles and, you know, we don't know what he says. But immediately everyone in the room is like, no, actually this. And they're like, oh, they all understand him. They all speak Chinese, apparently. Until that point, we didn't know. But I don't think they all do. Is it, oh, is it just I Rusty? Think, I think Rusty really. Oh, okay. There's only like one or two okay. throughout the whole trilogy that actually really interact with him and like answer him back. And I think those are some of my favorite scenes because... The audience isn't supposed to know what Yen says. No, like, no. but you we, get it. You get it two like seconds we, later. But we totally, eventually, like he's just said, totally get what is said because somebody answers his question or answers his point or whatever. But yeah, if you had to be somebody in the movie, 
Would you be the explosives guy? Would you be the con people? Would you be the grunt man? Would you be the tech? Um, Because there's a bunch of like parts to it. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think I think the best job would be. um, Oh, what's his name now? But it's it's Elliot Gould's character. Because he's just like... Oh, Ruben. Ruben. He's just the rich guy. Yeah. So, like, he's got the best gig. All he does is finance everything. Just gets to hang out. Um, I don't think I would be a very good, like, Saul or anyone where it's sort of like you have to act. Oh, no? And you have to, like, pretend to be a different person. I don't think I'd be very good at that. Uh, I certainly would not be an amazing Yen because I'm definitely not a Grease man. <laughs> uh, so, that that is out. That's not happening. I think I could be a basher, given some, really? given some training, given some insight onto explosives. I think I could. I think I could pull that off. I think I could go around blowing up vaults, <laughs> getting into vaults. Yeah, yeah. But I, I don't think I've got the organization to be like a Danny or a Rusty. I don't think I could oversee the operation. You couldn't do the big picture. No, you would no, just. No. I would just need to be like, what needs to be blown up? Okay, that over there. Yeah, cool. I can. I focus on that. Okay. Um, and you know. I'm, I'm certainly not doing it on this podcast, but like my English accent is, if not, you know, it's, it's certainly as good as Don Cheadle's English accent. So, but um, I, I kind of, I don't know. I see people online are always like Don Cheadle's English accent is like terrible. I think that's the point. Really? You, you know what I mean? Like if they wanted to get an English actor, I'm sure they could have. Yeah. I think he just auditioned with it and they kind of were like, Sure, go with it. It's like, but it's, then he didn't like it, and so he wanted to get rid of it for the next two. And they were like, "No, you've no, now done I, it." Yeah, like, at this point, you're baked in. Yeah, I, like it's it's almost so bad that you just have to laugh at it. Like yeah. I, I don't understand how that's a criticism people have of this movie, because for me, it just like that doesn't exist. Yeah, I think I just maybe it would be different if I was from England and know the accents better. It like doesn't bother me, like. I don't realize that it's good or bad. It's just the accent that he has. It's that, like it's so like, it's comical. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like to me, I guess like if you wanted to compare it to something like Dick Van Dyke from from Mary Poppins, where it's like this, he's supposed to be an Englishman, and like his accent is atrocious. And like I guess Don Cheadle's character is also supposed to be English, and his accent is also terrible. But there's something about it in this movie, in this context, where I'm just like. Oh no! This like this is a joke. They are having fun, and this isn't supposed to be real. This is like he's not trying to have yeah. a good English accent. So like, let's just let that go. But uh, you asked me who who would you be? What what's your job in in Ocean's Eleven? Uh, I would probably be Livingston. I would be the electronics <laughs> the, the surveillance, ner- the nervous electronics person. <laughs> yeah, that would probably be me. I would be too nervous to blow shit up that I would cause a problem and blow myself up. I also probably couldn't do big picture like Danny or Rusty. Um, I would be Livingston. I would be behind the computer watching everybody. Yeah. Kind of in their ears telling them what's going on. I I could do that though. Do you have a, a sweat issue that you want to like get off your chest here? Like, you know, he's a pretty uh, sweaty person. Last week when I was trying to convince you about Chicago, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you looked pretty nervous. I told you before that episode, I was like, I'm coming in hot. Like, I got things to say. So Everybody, I came out of the room and was just like, okay, that was the worst hour trying to convince Kira to not even love a movie, but just, like, not hate a movie. Just, like, was, Yeah. was awful. But thinking of that Don, how do I say his last name? Cheadle? Don Cheadle. What are your thoughts on him not being billed? Because he's not billed for this first movie. He's not billed? He's not in the... He's Open not credits? on. No, he's not on the cast list. He's not on the poster. Oh, this is news to Kieran. <laughs> I'm gonna look this up right now. He's not on. Oh, he's no. not on the poster. That makes sense, though. Like the po- well, at least the poster I'm looking at is really like the five big superstars in but, the movie. Yeah. So if you go on to um, Google and search the caster, I think oh, even IMDb, he's not listed. Yeah. Well, that's. I feel like that's more maybe of an oversight. Like, I don't understand how that could... So the story of it... Happened. So the story of it is, I believe, he wanted to get above title crediting with the likes of, I think, Matt Damon's on the the top and George Clooney and Brad Pitt. 
and the movie didn't want him to be up there. Like the studio or whatever? Or the studio yeah. or whoever didn't want him up there. He wanted They wanted him down with everybody else. And so then he just said, don't put my name on it. And so oh. then subsequently the next two movies, though, he is above the title with Interesting. some others. So, Well, like the whole, the whole thing about credits and who goes where and stuff like that, like it's pretty, it is actually pretty interesting. And um, I've read articles and books on it and watched videos on it and stuff. And it is pretty interesting. I don't, I don't necessarily know if we need to get into it right here, right now. <laughs> but yeah, like, well, that is... That's pretty fascinating because, like, he has a pretty big role. And, like, yeah. he's in the movie quite a bit. Um, he's certainly not one of the top maybe four or five guys in the Ocean's Eleven team. But I wouldn't say um, he's down near the bottom. But he's certainly, yeah, exactly. He's certainly not down so. near the bottom. He's got he's got way more to do than Ruben does. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like, oh, I didn't I didn't oh. actually know that. I didn't oh. know. I'm looking it up now. And, yeah, he says he's uncredited. That's wild. So um, we're talking about the team. Okay. We're talking about the guys. I think the thing that keeps me coming back to this movie, sort of beyond the fact that it's a heist movie and I, I love this genre, is just like the chemistry that they somehow built into this group of guys, group of actors, where it's just like, yeah, without sort of saying too much or giving too much away, I totally believe that all these guys have known each other for like 20 years and you know they have all these stories and they have all these connections and they the thing that i love about it is that like they allude to them where they're like you know i owe you for that time with the place and the guy and they're just like yeah don't worry about it and it's like that's a whole story that could be a whole movie if we wanted it to be but it's just gonna be a throwaway line and you know going back to to basher to keep talking about don Cheadle, where he's like he sees rusty and he immediately knows danny must be around somewhere even though Danny's just gotten out of jail. Like, yeah. they just know that, like, okay, this guy's here, so then that must mean that this guy and this guy and this guy are also here. And, you know, all that sort of stuff. And then the, the one that I, I laughed at, and I don't know if I ever picked up on it before, but when they were looking for the explosive expert, uh, George Clooney asked about one guy, I can't remember his name now, and Brad Pitt's character is like, oh, he, he died, like, a year or two ago. Yeah. And... George Clooney's like, would you send flowers to his wife? And I dated her for a like, little while. I dated her for a little while. And then it was sort of like, okay, great. And it's sort of like, you know, this this world of thieves that they obviously inhabit is like, it's just so wonderful. And like, oh. I was just about to bring that up too, that clearly in this world, they all know about each other and stuff that comes into bigger play in the later movies. Um, and they all kind of have a respect for each other. But also all just, like, stay in their own lanes almost. So, like... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If you're an art person, you kind of, like, you stay over there and you steal your artwork. Yeah. And this is your typical team that you play with or work with. Um, and so, I kind of don't know if I got the feeling, though, if they've done a lot of jobs together in the past. From the sounds of it, I think Bernie Mac's character, Frank, and Brad Pitt's and George Clooney's, I think, have worked together. They've worked together. They've worked together. I, but I think... You get the sense that um, George Clooney and Brad Pitt's characters often work together. And then they just bring in a third or a fourth guy sort of as needed. Because you, I, I think you do get the sense or the movie sort of tells you that like to have 11 guys on a job is like unheard of. Mm-hmm. That this is a big deal because, you know, we need this many guys because we we have to do, they, they name all of the cons and all of the, the games that they're going to play on Terry Benedict and whatnot to get into the vault. And it's sort of like, yeah, 11 guys. And like, that comes back to my, one of my favorite conversations, if you want to say that in the entire movie is Clooney and Pitt and Clooney's like, 10 should be good. Right. And Pitt doesn't answer. That's like, on my notes as yeah, well. <laughs> like, oh, you think we need one more? No answer. You think we need one more? No answer. Okay. We'll get one more. Yeah. And it's like, that is, so great that is so great <laughs> i think it's also it's a nice parallel to an earlier scene where topher grace is in it and topher is kind of being like oh are you incorporated and like yes can, yes yes like yes. my business manager wants me to pay you by check or whatever and brad pitt just looks at him and he's like oh no oh okay we'll, we'll stick with cash then yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. once again brad pitt doesn't need to say anything but like his point is getting across you brought up the cons yeah the various terms 
can you pick any of them out? Like, do you know what any of them actually mean? Um. So we have. So um, there's like a Jim. A Jim Brown, a Miss Daisy, yeah. two Jethro's, a Lennon Spike Spicks. Leon Spicks. Uh, Leon Spicks, sorry. And Ella Fitzgerald, and then a Boski. Well, like Ella Fitzgerald's the singer. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily know how that relates to anything that they do in this movie. She did a commercial, and there was something about her voice breaking glass. So having uh, a super high pitch. Okay. So having the pinch. The, the pitch? The, well, okay, but like yeah. that that's like a backup plan. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. Um, the Jim Brown, he's like a, a former NFL player and, and then turned actor, I think. He was... Mm -hmm. He acted. What's his connection? The confrontation between Frank and Linus staged to distract Terry Benedict so that he can lift the security codes. Okay. <laughs> so what I found. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, what, what's the other ones? Miss Daisy. Uh, that must be a driving thing. Yeah. A driving Miss Daisy. Yeah. So there's like, there's quite a bit of car gags and shenanigans going on with with you know having certain cars show up and all that sort of stuff so i imagine that that's probably what that is yep and then the other one is the two jethros two jethros jethros is that like jethro tall so i can't what i had copied out doesn't necessarily say it just is it talks about the two twins the two brothers and how they are hillbilly gear-headed types <laughs> Well, I guess that's too, like if one Jethro is a hillbilly gearhead, there are two of them. So that's the Malloy twins, I suppose. But yeah, I, the the thing that I think is so great about this movie is that there is like gibberish like yeah. that. And so like if you really want, like I don't know where you pulled that from. If you really want to like pull it apart, I'm sure you can find connections. I'm sure you can find like, oh, this relates to that and this relates to that. I think it was probably just thief gibberish okay. that they are saying to each other to sort of be like this is technical talk and like that's a to confuse us because i think like one of the great things is like there is so much misdirection in the movie for the audience so like we find out things way later from than certain characters find them out but i think the gibberish is like part of that where it's sort of like we're gonna throw things in here like the thieves probably do have something called an Ella Fitzgerald. Mm -hmm. We don't necessarily need to know what that is, but we just need to know when Rusty says it, it's like, you know, the biggest Ella Fitzgerald effort. We're just going to be like, oh, this is, no, is going to be hard. This is a big deal. And so I think that that's all that is. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Somebody had way too much time on their hands to, <laughs> to actually fish through and, and figure things out. But, you know, all the power to them. Good for them. So. Uh, what, what else, what else do we want to talk about? Do we want to talk about Matt Damon and just the like constant teasing and belittling of Matt Damon and Linus, uh, Matt Damon's character, Linus? Yeah. So because I've watched all three of them in literally a 24 hour period, I wanted to kind of remind myself of all the storylines and stuff. It's fun to see his character grow and get more confident. He's kind of brought in. At the very end, he's the 11th person that they bring in yep. as kind of like, oh, okay, we need one more. Sure, let's bring this guy in. And I think I think there's also like, you get the sense that he's maybe the youngest and the most inexperienced. Yeah, because then they also talk about people know his dad. Yeah. So clearly his dad's been in this world and yeah. is kind of known. And he's now the newest one kind of coming in and stuff. So I think they're kind of giving him a bit of a chance. Clearly he has a bit of a name or at least his family name he's carries like a, carries a bit of yeah, weight to he's it. Like a, he's like a hot prospect in sports. You know what I mean? Like you're sort of bringing him in to see what maybe he could do. But, you know, yeah. they, they do also kind of sideline him on a lot of jobs where it's sort of like, you know, just stand over there. Yeah. And so it's interesting to see him in this one. And then the next one where he kind of gets like a little bit of a bigger role, a little bit more important. And like, then even in the last one, once again, he's kind of one of those guys making decisions, making part of the plan, kind of stepping up saying, no, I can do this. Like, trust me, I will, you guys want it done this way? I will do it that way. So. We don't, yeah, we don't need to get too far into 12, but he's seen with uh, Robbie Coltrane. Yes. <laughs> in, in 12. 
He's like one of my favorite scenes. When you were just talking about the terminology gibberish, yeah, that like, scene popped that, into my head immediately. That's it, exactly. Like it is, it is pure <laughs> gibberish, but that is it. But the thing, I think the thing that I love is that like Matt Damon at this point in his career is probably the third or fourth biggest movie star in this cast. And it's just George Clooney and Brad Pitt just shitting on him <laughs> for being like the new guy. And it's sort of like how... How much of this is like meta and how much of this is, you know, in the storyline or whatever. What I forgot to look up is, was this before or after he had done the Bourne trilogy or kind of like parallel to the Bourne trilogy? So this was, I know, I know what you mean. This was the year before Bourne. Okay. So, but like by this stage, he'd already done like. Goodwill Hunting. Yeah. And he, he, you know, he'd been in some big movies and he, you know, he was definitely a movie star. He was not, I think Jason Bourne takes him to another level. Yeah. And like, we're definitely doing Jason Bourne. Um, but yeah, like he, you know, by this stage he'd done like Talented Mr. Ripley. He'd done Goodwill Hunting. Like I said, like he'd done a few things where you're just like, this guy's a movie star and he's coming into this to just be shit on like a child by brad pitt and george clooney and like it's it's just funny like it's just great the thing with this like the cast as a whole is an incredible cast oh yeah like just phenomenal yeah because then you also get julia roberts in here as well like why not just throw her in there (laughs) like yeah she doesn't she doesn't show up for about an hour yeah the trivia thing i had seen was i think it was george clooney sent her the script and attached a twenty dollar bill to it, and said, "I hear you're doing movies now for twenty dollars, like for twenties or for whatever." Twenties, yeah. She was doing movies before this for twenty million, yeah. <laughs> like, and stuff. And so for her to kind of just be like, "Yeah, sure, I'll tag on." Like she doesn't even have that big of a role in this movie. Yeah, not in this one, anyways. Right. So just yeah. Just... But but I think like this this goes to that feeling of like it's almost like they're all at summer camp. Like they're just. All of these actors have obviously gotten together. I can only imagine that they all were like, you know, their fees were probably millions and millions of dollars. And they all came together and just said, like, pay me scale or whatever. Like, yeah, I, I don't need it. They all wanted to work with Steven Soderbergh, who had just won the best director Oscar the year before. So, like, and I think they all they all recognize, like, how good this script is and how great this movie could be. And so they're just like... The thing to to put this over the top is a great cast with great actors who are just having a good time. And then, like, it does mirror, I suppose, the original Ocean's Eleven, which had, like, the Rat Pack of, like, Frank Sinatra and stuff like that, Dean Martin. And so, like, if you're going to redo that movie, you got to redo it properly, which is, like, get this generation's version of those guys and women. And, you know, they... They crushed it. Like, there's an unbelievable cast with so many people. And then, like, you go down to the Malloy twins who are, like, you know, bottom, bottom casting, bottom, you know, importance of the movie and whatnot. And it's, like, it's Scott Kahn and Casey Affleck. Like, there's an eventual Oscar winner and Scott Kahn is, like, one of the highest paid television actors working. Like, you know what I mean? Like, these guys have had all incredible careers. Did you see the original one, the, the Rat Pack? I've never seen it. Okay. I've never seen it. I've heard it's kind of dull mm. um, is what I've heard anyway. So, you know, anybody who has seen it, if, I, if I'm wrong, let me know. Um, but yeah, I just heard that like it is a heist movie set in Vegas. And I think, you know, they want to rob a casino or whatever. But it's kind of like it just doesn't have that energy that this version has, which like is what I really respond to. Yeah. What else do you want to say? What else do we got for Ocean's Eleven? So... I'm curious, At near the end of the movie, Andy Garcia is posed with, does he, he can get all of his money back that's just been stolen from him, or he gets to keep Tess. Would you pick girl or money? Well, am I picking money or Julia Roberts? <laughs> sure. Well, I'm picking Julia Roberts because... <laughs> she's got the money? She's got the money. She's going to bring <laughs> home the bacon. Either way, I'm winning. So, you know, it's it, listen... It's not my dream in life to have whatever. What does he have? 160 million or something like that? Yeah. That would be pretty nice, actually, now that I say that out loud. 
Uh, maybe I take this all back. But like Julia Roberts, like, come on. She's America's sweetheart. That's true. <laughs> and like, can you imagine? She's clearly great friends with all these people. Like, can you imagine just, you know, hanging out with Julia Roberts and then all of a sudden like George Clooney just stops by? Just like the, walks in and like comes, a, comes Saturday, for a cup of sugar. <laughs> yeah, Saturday afternoon. Like, oh, I was in the neighborhood. Yeah. Thought I'd stop by. Let's, 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 you know, it's like, that could be your life. Well, in subsequent ones, she also hangs out with Bruce Willis. So. We'll get like... to 12. We'll get to 12 <laughs> because that's a contentious that's a very contentious scene, but I think we both come down on the same side of that. Oh. Do you like that scene? I do like that yeah, scene. Yeah, oh, that okay. scene's incredible. Okay. That scene's was... great. People hate that scene. Okay, I thought you were implying that you didn't like it, and oh, I was no. like, oh boy. Oh like... no, I love it. The first time I ever saw it, I was like, this is hilarious, and this is genius. I want all movies to be like this. And then I started reading online, people being like, this is the dumbest shit ever. And I was like, oh, uh, you guys, do you not like fun? Yeah. Is that what we're getting at here? Is that what we're figuring out? So, yeah, I think, yeah, you got you to choose Julia. You got to okay. choose Julia. And then because they tried to kind of, I feel like they tried to reboot the series a couple years ago with Ocean's 8 with the all-female cast. Did you watch it? What were your thoughts on it? I did watch it. Okay. Um, They just did not capture... The same the same spirit or energy or yeah. something like that like inherently like you want to talk about a good cast again like my god they knocked that out of the park i think that there was something just off about like i've only seen it once and it was a couple years ago but like there's something about the movie where sandra bullock's character is like i'm gonna do this she's like her his, his brother i believe or his sister i believe george yeah. Clooney's sister and she's like, you know, I didn't do this for you, brother. And she, like, gets a team together to do a big heist. And it, it did just sort of feel like, oh, this is, like, not an organic reboot. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you're, the whole idea behind this reboot was just to, like, try and top what we'd already seen instead of sort of, like, playing along with. And so I think it just didn't totally work. They did a bit of stunt casting with like Rihanna where it's sort of like, she's just not very good. Like she's yeah. not a very good actor. So, you know, when she's on screen, that kind of takes that away. Um, I think it got unfairly lumped in with the all female Ghostbusters movie, which I haven't seen. Um, but like, Jesus, you want to talk about people losing their shit over nothing. But um like I watched Ocean's Eight and was sort of like, that's that's a fine, that's a fine movie. Whereas like Ocean's Eleven is like, this is a great movie. Yeah, you know what I mean. And like that's the difference I think between the two, where it's sort of like, this is okay and this is great. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Any last thoughts or ideas, or do you want to tease anything for twelve and thirteen when we get there? I was I was only going to ask, and you can nix this if you don't feel like it's right. Do you want to do what your order of the three movies would be? What's your favorite to least favorite? Well, should we maybe or, save that? Or do you want to do that? Yeah, we, we do maybe, 12 and 13. We should maybe save that. What okay. I have watched 11 and 12 so many times. Okay. And I think I've only watched 13 twice. So oh, okay. I do really need to see 13 again with sort of fresh eyes, um, especially sort of maybe back to back to back sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I... For some reason, I don't own 11 in the collection, but I own 12. And that confuses me. I have no idea why. That seems very unlike you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I know why I have 12. I like Ocean's 12. I really yeah. like Ocean's 12. Um, did you I, lend Ocean's 11 to well, somebody? that's the big question. <laughs> because if I did do that, I have no idea who... I gave it to, and at this point, I'm never getting it back. Whoever's listening, if you have Kieran's Ocean's Eleven... <laughs> if you have Ocean's Eleven sitting somewhere in your bedroom, and you look at it, and you say to yourself, how did I get that? That's probably mine. Give it back to him. Yeah, so... It's a hole in know, his collection. Somebody can just drop it off a man mailbox. <laughs> like, we don't need to... You don't no need questions to, asked. No questions asked. You know, the, all that sort of stuff. I, you know, but it's... I it's wrote an, up, uh, Yeah. I wrote up my whole collection... A while ago, so I could sort of be like, you know, this is what I have and what I don't have and all that sort of stuff. And I got to Ocean's 12 and searched and searched and searched for 11. Because I was like, well, if I own 12, I must own 11 somewhere. 
and I could not find it. I also own Jurassic one, Jurassic Park one, and I think Jurassic Park three, but not number two. Which so once, is, so once again, if somebody has Jurassic Park two. Well, the the even wilder thing about that was that it was a box set. Oh, so, weird! <laughs> like they all came in the same case, so I have no idea where number two is gone. I might have destroyed it. I have no idea, but like it's gone. Um, and like, I'm certainly never buying Jurassic Park two by itself ever again. So maybe that'll be your birthday present this year. I'll just buy you Ocean's Eleven and Jurassic Park two. Yeah, please, please don't. (laughs) I'll take Ocean's Eleven, but yeah, Jurassic Park two, like, I don't know why I own the box set of it, but yeah, I own the box set and number two is gone. So I don't know where that's what's happened there either, but yeah. Ocean's Eleven, don't own it, but I think I might have one day. At one point? At one point. So, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of a downer point to, to end the episode on, <laughs> talking about my lost DVDs. <laughs> I think we can we can wrap up Ocean's Eleven there. I think we both come out on the fact, like, this is just a fantastic movie. And, like, I would happily watch this over under two hours. Yeah. Under two hours. This is a great heist movie with like 14 really good, compelling, intriguing characters under two hours. Yeah. That blew me away. I thought when I put this on the other night, I was like, okay, I'm strapping in for like two and a half hours here. No. Short and sweet. This is breezy. One of the best movies ever. And like fast paced two hours or like just under two. Like you start, you start and by the end you're just like, oh, I'm done. Okay. Yeah. And I think that that's part of like, the editing too like they always say the editing like good editing you shouldn't notice it should be invisible this is very not invisible editing like it's very conscious and kind of in your face about it but at the same time it just totally works for like the vibe the mood uh the pace everything that's happening in the movie like it's all working together yeah i will say when i finished watching it and i know me and you both love this movie I was sitting there being like, how are me and Kieran going to make a podcast about this? We're just going to sit there being like, it was great. Just gush. Just gush. (laughs) It doesn't need to be a battle every week. We can sometimes agree on things. It'll be a nice change of pace for everybody, I think. Well, like, uh, we didn't necessarily... (laughs) when When we put the schedule together, or at least the initial schedule together... I didn't know that I was going to dislike Chicago as much as you did, as much as I did okay. coming into this week. But yeah, I will be curious to sort of see like, you know, are people only here for the angry Kieran episodes or, you know, can we still draw an audience when we're just sitting here being like, the movie's good. Yeah. I don't know what else to say. If you haven't watched Oceans in a long time, if you've never seen it, go watch it. This is a great, great time. And like there's 11 guys in the team. Like you're going to find somebody in there that you're just like. Exactly. That's my person. Yeah. That's that's me. That's my energy. And yeah. I aspire to be them. I think I maybe overshot with Basher. I'm yeah. probably a Malloy twin. <laughs> but like, you know, I, I, I want you can, to. You can dream to be a Basher. I want to be Basher. Yeah. yeah that's dream what to I, be. I want to be Basher. I want to be the explosive expert. But yeah, I'm probably one of the, I'm probably Balloon Boy. That's who, I'm probably Balloon Boy. (laughs) And if people haven't watched it, you got to watch it now to find out who's Balloon Boy. There you go. So that's it for Ocean's Eleven. Uh, We will be back. What what the hell are we doing next week? I honestly don't remember. Movie swaps in a couple. That's uh, next week's episode. I don't know. It's a surprise for us too, I think. Surprise for us because I have no idea what I'm watching for next week. But uh, we will be back on Wednesday. And so we will see everybody then. See you then.